0: Now encoding transmission. Transmission encoding completed. Have you often found yourself wondering about the unsolved mysteries and weirdness that surround them all? Now, I'm
1: not saying it's definitely aliens, but it's
0: definitely aliens. You're listening to Three Girls, One Cape. Can you handle the truth? Record now, and I thought it to stop recording because I missed recording with you ladies. Yeah. yeah, I missed recording oh, with my best friend. friends and my sister.
2: Ta-da. Yeah, we just like the. um... What
0: is it? The girls from Hercules? Like, <laughs> dee, uh, dee, uh, dee, 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 dee. Welcome. Uh, d- uh, acapella trio. Yeah, Yeah, yeah it's like, all like, amazing, even, even, but all about, Like, you know, all kinds of cryptids and aliens and ghosts and shit. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we can like you know start a, yeah. our own crazy. We start like a spooky. I can see it now. Band. We could. yeah, yeah. They can be called. They can be called the Mothman Ooh. revisited. Yes, the Mothman b- revisited. B- 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 very sensual. Yes, very sensual. It's giving you yes, that good feel. I yes. feel. So if
0: we could create something almost like this completely off-topic and not like a band idea. But what if, like, it's the vagina monologues, right? But it's the Mothman. Right. The Mothman, the Mothman monologues. What? So the
1: Mothman what? monologue. I, I love Are, this idea, this concept.
2: Is it the Mothman He's going to have have, I, feel, I don't know. I saw that no. statue. He's got a great ass. He's got a great ass. He does have a great ass. <laughs> well, to, not to cut you off, but let's welcome our wonderful guest to this episode of Three Girls One Cape, where we're going to be talking about the Bridgewater Triangle and surrounding locations. I'm your host Rachel Clovis. I got my sister Miss mm. Mara Rose. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> <her> from Tennessee, <laughs> and I also got my other sister from another mister. Miss V. What's going on? I'm so happy to be here with y'all and recording this because it's been a long time it and. Has been long in long, the work yeah, it's been it's been crazy. The world
0: is crazy, yo.
2: But it is. And you know, we appreciate you being patient with us on, you know, getting this
0: doing out these to you. crazy and, times in yes, life, you know. Rich.
2: Yes. that we've all been doing a lot of different things and you know, there's one thing that I want to make perfectly clear on three girls, one Kate, is that Black, black Lives, lives matter. matter,
0: folks? Bigfoot, Bigfoot supports you know black I lives just matter.
2: Yeah, the Bigfoot, red, the Mothman, red, the
0: You're gonna learn about them today. Like Bessie is all like yo, Black Lives yeah. Matter, and you know why? Because Black
2: Lives Matter. Period. You know what? You know who else loves Black Lives Reptilians? Yeah, Reptilians. They, if I get
0: up to with the Black Lives, right? Exactly. Black Lives Matter.
2: I was gonna say something, but it wasn't constructive, so we're gonna move on. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
1: That's a good call, right there.
2: So, let's get into the Bridgewater Triangle. Uh, obviously, since we've all grown up in Massachusetts, the Bridgewater Triangle is probably something. Um, that, you know, a lot of people in that area kind of have is like a boogeyman tale or yep. it's kind of like that forbidden location where it's like, if you want to see
0: something, you're going to go to the Bridgewater
2: Triangle. Right?
0: Like, everybody's like, you want to see some crazy shit? Here, take this acid and you're going to go walk into the woods and...
2: Um, All right, okay. Vanessa. We we aren't <laughs> talking about that. We're just talking about the regular Bridgewater
0: triangle. <laughs> I mean, like, still, like, you know, like, this is this. I mean, is, I mean, you're not wrong,
2: right? So yeah, I'll give you that. Right. Well,
1: you guys had some misadventures in the triangle, isn't that correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was this. There was this. Uh, I read one time. I'll never forget the first time Rachel went because she called me screaming while she was running back to the van. She was so out of breath that she saw the phone would be. Uh, like, a, a... <laughs> and I'm done! And I'm And I'm And like, Rachel is going, I'm done! I'm done! And I'm And I'm done! I'm I'm done! I'm I'm okay. <laughs> And then I went there with her, and I also remember myself being in that same situation.
2: Yes, at least that time I didn't lose any flip-flops or almost see my pants. So I guess we <laughs> can say that that was a positive experience. <laughs> that is
1: a win, personal win.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, for definitely a personal win. So for those who don't know what the Bridgewater Triangle is, it's an area of about 200 square square miles within southeastern Massachusetts in the United States um there's you know claimed paranormal phenomenon ranging from UFO to poltergeist or balls of fire yeah spectral phenomenon various Bigfoot-like sightings Bigfoot giant like, and
0: thunder Bigfoot-like because it's not Bigfoot um
2: it's Jared. Yeah,
0: it's Jared. <laughs> Jared, if you're listening, we want you to know that Bigfoot went to Jared.
2: Yeah. If <laughs> if it's Bigfoot, like they're talking about Jared.
0: <laughs> yes. And Thunderbirds. And Thunderbirds. We can't yes, forget about the Thunderbirds. And I'm not talking. No. About how? Car. How could we? How could you forget,
2: we could about, the forget the about the
1: Thunderbirds? Thunderbirds. And a possible werewolf,
2: right? Werewolf. Yeah, there has been some Dogman sightings in the area.
0: Oh, the Dogman! Hey, that's our friend, uh, our friend Sean's thing right there, high registered Sean. Yeah, he's always talking about the Dogman. He says that he's got the tracks, and they're living right in his backyard. Well, if only we all were so fortunate. I know. Why? Oh, if only, you know. But, I mean, I guess we'll just have to settle for the cards we're dealt,
2: right? You know? Right. Mm -hmm. So, back to the Bridgewater Triangle. Yes. So, the corners of the triangle are often pointed out as Abington, Rehoboth, and Freetown. Yep and inside the triangle Brockton, Whitman, West Bridgewater, East Bridgewater, Bridgewater, the the Minot, Taunton. Yes, yeah, all the Bridgewater,
0: all the Bridgewater they're all are there are in
2: the triangle, you know. Um Dayton, Berkeley, Raynham, Norton, Easton, Lakeville and Seekonk. Um, and I think Taunton. um Taunton, yep, and there's a couple other ones that I think de- technically are in there, they're just not listed. Um but I think anything in that kind of general area is definitely, um, you know, there's some strange shit going on.
0: There's some weird shit going on in the triangle. And, you know, I mean, hey, that's why we're here. So. Right. Sure the too.
2: specific boundaries of the Bridgewater Triangle were first defined by cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman who coined the term in the 1970s in his book, Mysterious America, which yep. I highly recommend yep. that you go if you're in the New England area. I know, obviously, everything with COVID is happening, but I highly recommend yeah. that as a trip you go to the Cryptozoology Museum. It's you dirt cheap to get it. in there. Yeah, you seriously will not regret it's it. It's the and best. they have... Lots of amazing things in the gift shop, mm-hmm. and that also goes to support Lauren Coleman and his search to a continue his research and b to keep open this museum because it is you know all non profit. It's not like he's making very there's not very <laughs> much money in cryptozoology if you do it the right way.
0: Right, but, right. mm. right. we still love him. We still love him and. Uh, mysterious america is a really great publication of his yes so uh i
2: think actually we have that and i think he signed it because andrew and i were at the um cryptozoology museum one day when he. i still
0: have all the pictures from when me
2: and you went there yeah, that was. I've been, I've been there more than ten times. <laughs> <laughs> how many, how many years it. ago was that? When you guys first went?
0: Does he um, still so,
2: probably like five years ago, right? Does he still have wow.
0: the feeding the Bigfoot sign on the front? Door? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> no, they I, it actually moved to a new location in Thompson Point, and it's a beautiful location, Ooh. and it's a really, really nice setup. Um, I haven't paid to go into the new location yet because I just went into the gift shop and cheated um, <laughs> but <laughs> it looks I mean all the same stuff and they have some new stuff but they have a lot of the like they have such a bigger area now so it's like a lot more better of like a flow for a museum okay okay so continuing on our Bridgewater Triangle. We're gonna talk about the three magic rocks.
0: Ah, those magical rocks here. So, uh, which one are we gonna start with? Uh, gonna start with uh, with a uh, Solitude Stone,
2: maybe. Yeah, we can. We can start with Solitude Stone.
0: Yeah. It's also. Um,
2: referred to as Ministers Rock.
0: Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's also known as the uh, the Suicide Stone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ow, yeah. my
2: bag, sorry.
0: Uh. What's the inscription on it again?
2: So the inscription is, All ye who in future days walk by Necatusset stream... Love me, love not him who hummed his lay, cheerful to the parting beam. But the beauty that he wooed is quite, It's quiet
0: solitude. Ah, yes, yes, you know, on uh, Forest Street in West Bridgewater.
2: Yes, um. It was, you know, they had a few days, um, I don't know what I was going to say there, that has nothing to do with There's it. There was also so, a missing person's
0: body um, near the stone. Yes, yes,
2: they did find the missing person's body near the stone, um, and I believe it was of a hiker, but I'm not 100% sure. And moving on to our next stone, we can call it Dighton's Rock.
0: Dighton's Rock.
2: Yes, it's a 400-ton boulder originally located in the riverbed of the Taunton River in Berkeley, Massachusetts. The rock is noted for its petroglyphs, uh, primarily lines, geometric uh, shapes, and... Systematic drawings of people along with writing both verified and not. Carving designs of ancient and uncertain origin and the controversy about their creations. In 1963, during construction of a cofferdam, dam, state officials removed the rock from the river for preservations. It was installed in a museum in nearby park in Dighton Rock State Park. Yeah, I think it's very interesting because um, a lot of people, like, to still to this day, aren't sure what the writing is. Like, nobody's be, been able to identify what exactly it says or to decide, you know, whether it was from Vikings or from aliens or NASCAR aliens or... It says NASCAR um,
0: aliens, I'm telling you.
2: It, from you know the indigenous people to the area. So I mean still to this day it's a you know it's definitely a very interesting if you have the time to check it out. I highly recommend it. Um that way you can see because it's actually very um weird how they kind of not necessarily like obviously carved it in, but the symbols don't really, like, like I said to this day, that this was discovered, like, you know, back in the, you know, 1600s. Yeah, back in the day. day, Right, back when the the settlers, back back when the settlers, the settlers used to ride those icebergs for miles, Yeah, Yeah,
0: oh man, I remember those days, you know, because I'm an alien and all, um, and i'm just here collecting data um i remember those days it kind of fucked up yeah, yeah i kind agree of fucked up, but i mean like, you never
2: knew what was gonna happen you
0: well know, i'm just i'm just there for science i was just doing it all for science so god the amount of times i, I mean, died of smallpox ridiculous
2: Yeah, you can say that, uh, you know, it's whatever. That's if you want to do. I'm not trying to, uh, (laughs) you know, demean you or anything, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh
0: Uh, I think we got a... Profile. Profile Rock.
2: Yeah, the reason it's called Profile is because it kind of looks like it's a profile of a Native American chief. Yeah.
0: Yep, yeah. Chief Massasoit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: It uh, it's it's located in Freetown State Park, um, and known as Profile Rocked because it has the, uh, craggy craggy visage of a man's face. And once upon a time, it was thought to be of Wampanoag Native Chief um, Massasoit. Seachem.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So the rumor goes that uh, there are quite a few people who end up, um, you know, killing themselves off off of this rock. Uh, yeah, wasn't but, that Annalyn so,
0: though? Yes. Son?
2: Um. I'm not necessarily sure if it was the sun. Um, the the part that I have is the face in the rock has not always been there and appeared to have come into an existence sometime in the mid-1800s, likely the result of dynamite. Nevertheless, the face became uh, revered among the local tribes who thought it was the face of the great leader Sachem, father of King Philip.
0: Um, oh, that one. Yeah.
2: Or the King Philip's War that would later take place. Some believe Philip spent the knife, uh, beneath the rock the evening before he died. While the rock definitely looks like a face, it is unknown if it looks like Massasoit's St. John. Let's see. There is also... Ooh! Profile Rock is also known as Old Man of Joshua's Mountain. Um, and he, Joshua Tisdale, was a settler who once owned the deeded land... Um, but no matter what you call it, the rock has always had an air of supernatural with local legends of ghosts, satanic cults, and murder surrounding the site. Holy shit! <laughs> yes. Um, and just as an update, in 2019, uh, the rock was removed. So there is literally no longer a profile rock.
0: So. They got rid of it. Yeah. For scientific research because um the that's definitely what it was found on the rock and um yeah they decided that they were gonna yeah i mean i didn't know that. where you were going with that one that, so i didn't
2: <laughs> want to uh, derail it
0: that's why they that's why they moved it that is the real reason why
2: sure i mean if that <laughs> if that's what we're going
0: with it's just <laughs> the truth it's the truth. The truth is out there and that rock was covered in alien come
2: Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what Fox Mulder would have wanted us to say. That's why it glows.
0: Yep. It, that
2: is why it glows, Mara. That's exactly, yes.
0: See? She, Barbara's with the program. She knows what's going on. <laughs>
2: I mean, I guess we could say that loosely. Say that, yeah.
0: Like I'd be like, why not? You know why? why not? Mm-hmm. It could be, could, like yeah, you never know. Like, could be. um. Anyway.
2: Oh, I mean, I, I know.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, like I, I know. Oh, you, you know Rachel? Yeah, I do actually. Vanessa
0: Rachel moving (laughs)
2: on so now we get to the the fun stuff the fun stuff as I like to call it or the spooky stuff yes so we're going to talk about Hockamock Swamp uh which is a vast wetland encompassing much of the northern potter's of southeastern Massachusetts. Yes. Um, it's, it's a 16,000, well, so pretty much roughly 17,000 acre land considered to be the largest freshwater swamp in the state of Massachusetts. So holla to your sisters yeah. out in Hockamock Swamp for being the largest freshwater
0: basin, yeah.
2: Um, it acts as a natural flood control mechanism for the region. So, you know, it's not just spooky, it's also helping. Yes, it's know. good for the I think the a lot of people system. don't take that. Yeah, people don't take that into consideration because yes. all they think about is their fucking selves.
0: It's also uh, the name Hockamock Swamp uh, translates to place where spirits dwell. Um, yes. That's the Algonquin translation.
2: <clears throat> so a little of the history is during the 17th century, the Hockomock Swamp was used as a fortress by the Wampanoag, um, the predominating tribe of natives in the area, area against invasion by early English settlers. It played a role in King Philip's war as a strategic base of operations um, for King Philip to launch assaults upon nearby English settlements due to uh or during the 18th and 19th centuries euro-american settlers deemed the swamp to be worthless barren land and attempted to drain it and convert it into profitable farmland. Reverend and historian uh Chaffin of Easton was early advocate of the drainage schemes. However, the natives of the region placed higher value on the swamp for centuries natives had uh, relied on hunting game there, and the swamp had gained a uh, revert, or, re, yeah, reverted status revered. Jesus Christ <laughs> gained a revered status um, among them. And then, as you said, the hokmok means the place where spirits dwell. In addition to life-sustaining activities, much of the swamp served a dual purpose as sacral buried, burial grounds, which actually in um, they dug up these bodies, I can't remember exactly when it was, and then as they were digging up the bodies, the they took pictures, but the pictures didn't develop correctly and, like, literally the bodies, like, disintegrated. It was, like, the, it's one of the,
0: you know. Yeah, little spooky spooky stories uh, that surround once it exposes like once it's exposed to the air you know it's just gonna
2: right well i mean obviously it shouldn't do that but it was like saying pretty much because they were in the bogs and had preserved them so Mm. they were like pretty much like literally like you know these almost newly it looked like newly dead people that had been dead for like hundreds and hundreds of years holy fuck yeah i know crazy um
0: that shit's wow
2: hawkmok is occasionally referred to as hobomuk the wampanoag worship and feared hobomuk um the chief deity of death and disease um hobomuk composed of human souls of the dead was known to congregate in areas like Hakamuk, thus terms kakomok or Muck, becoming interchangeable among non-natives who are referring to the swamp or the spirit. Uh, So yeah, there, you know, are a lot of, you know, crazy um, sightings and uh, different experiences that people have. And with one of those um, things being a pukawaji, which... Hold on. Let me get there. There we go. So this is about Pukkawudgies and it's an article um, called Myth or Monster that was published by a man named, let me get to the bottom of the article, Uh, Christopher Blasono. What a great Italian name!
1: It's very good Italian name.
0: Ow ow ow. Blah 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 blah. All right,
2: so Puckawidges are the gatekeepers of our darker side. The Pukawajis right, have the of Massachusetts since before the first European mm-hmm. settlers ever thought about settling out a new land. For centuries, they tormented the local Native Americans and crept their way into their creation myths and oral history. They could have easily passed as a legend, and in fact, their physical description is much like uh, mythological creatures yep. from our cultures and other times. The difference in these demons um, jump from the page and evolve as the people around them change, changing from... Uh, reluctant sorry reluctant helpers of evil tormentors the difference is these demons are still uh seen by people today which will there's a couple um like somewhat recent actually um experiences yeah really yeah um most cultures mythology has some reference of small monsters that have a strange relationship with humans in many ways it makes sense while large monsters have their place in our fears um diminutive creatures find their way into the shadows of our rooms and under our beds their names um and natures change but they are always common threads that link them together some are called monsters and roam the land looking for human food and kidnapping anyone they can find and others are called demons foul spirits that feed of the negative and expose the sins of man when referring to one its classification gets blurry and these two words become interchangeable perhaps showing us closely associated these monsters are evil Veterans returning home after World War II talked of gremlins tearing apart their planes or getting into jeep engines and causing havoc. The Hindus speak of Rakshas or the Night Wanderer who eat human skin and jump in the dead to possess them. Africans tell stories of Alaco who lure people with beautiful music only to devour them after they have been bewitched within... Um, with an ever-expanding jaw.
1: Jesus.
2: Although passed off as works of fiction and imagination, trolls and dwarves have existed in people's fears for centuries. They have become lovable and notable now, but the original stories recorded of these monsters are anything but fairy tales with happy endings. Trolls are notorious for bush- ambushing travelers and destroying whole families on a whim. While some are described as giants with humps on one eye. Many older creatures, especially in Scandinavia, described as the eating the occasional plump child. <laughs> um, it goes on to talk about dwarves and, like, other...
1: Um, are we talking about mystical dwarves or just regular
2: dwarves? Like, regular... Well, like, mystical dwarves. Like, that they're small <laughs> and... Uh, they are kind of, like, a troll, but, like, a little bit kinder. And then it goes into, um, dwarfs who are, like, knockers. They, like, live in, like, mine shafts and, like, come out of caves, which is kind of creepy if you think about, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Year, And no. if not, then I highly recommend it. It's about these little possible cave-dwelling Tommyknocker creatures. Um... So, going back to um, the Wampanoag Nation, the dominant Native American tribe in Massachusetts and southern New England had a monster who still dominates the landscape they once roamed. The Pukawadji made its first appearance in the oral folklore folklore of the people of Cape Cod, but recent sightings have forced people to rethink this mythological creature. Standing between two and three feet tall, the Pukawadji looks like our modern idea of a troll. His features mirror those of Native American in the area, but the nose, fingers, and ears are enlarged and the skin is described as being gray or washed out, smooth and at times been known to glow. What makes these monsters dangerous is the multitude of magical abilities they use to torment and manipulate people. They can appear and disappear at will and are said to be able to transform into other animals. They have possession of magical poison arrows that can kill and can create fire at will. They seem to be related to a tall, dark figure, often referred to in modern times as shadow people. In turn, the Pukawajis control Te Pai Wakanas, which are believed to be souls of Native Americans that have been killed. They use these lights to entice new victims in the woods so that they can kill or kidnap them.
0: Yeah, they push them off cliffs, and they um also like um they can attack. They have a tendency to attack their victims with uh short knives and spears, and they use sand to blind their victims. It's like you know, like the name sounds cute. But these guys are not cute. Oh, he's going to kill us. Right? Like, yeah, like it, um, it was like all the Tasmanians, but it's like, no. And wear it no. like a mask. No, yeah, they're
2: going to wear it like a mask. It's
0: going to kill you. He's going to cut your fucking face off. That's what
2: he's going to do. <laughs> like, all right. So now we're getting yeah, into, into the, gonna the legend of, of the time, you know. Legends of the Pukawudgie (laughs) began in connection to Moshop, a creation giant believed by the Wampanoag to have created most of Cape Cod. He was beloved by the people, and the Pukawudgies were jealous of the affection the Native Americans had for him. They tried to help the Wampanoags, but their efforts always backfired until they eventually decided to torment them instead. They became mischievous and aggravated the Natives until... They asked Quant, Moshop's wife, for help. Moshop collected as many as he could. He shook them until they were confused and tossed them around New England. Some died, but others landed, regained their minds, and made their way back to Massachusetts. Satisfied he had done his job and pleased his wife, Moshop, um, and he had pleased his wife, Moshop went away for a while. In his absence, the Pukkawadjis had returned. They again ch- uh uh, changed their relationship with the wampanoags they were no longer a nuisance but began kidnapping children burning villages and forcing the wampanoags deep into the woods and killing them quaint uh quant again stepped in but Mashop, being very lazy sent his five sons to fix the problem the pukawajis lured them into deep grass and uh shot uh shot and killed them with magic arrows enraged Quant and Mashop attacked as many as they can find um, and they crushed them, but many had escaped and scattered throughout New England again. The Pukkiwajis would regroup and trick Mashop into the water and shoot him with their arrows. Some legends say they killed him, while others claim he began um, became discouraged and depressed about the death of his sons, but the Mashop disappeared from the Wampanoag mythology. Pakawajis remained, however, but some odd something odd happens. The timing of the tales of the monster are a map through the history of Native American relationships with the European settlers. The death of the Phi Sun lines up with the very first settlers, and the flight of Mashop is being told alongside the changing of attitudes about the new neighbors. The Pukawajis, always seen in a negative light, become the foot soldiers of the devil, which may explain their modern connection to shadow people. As more Native Americans uh, began to convert to Christianity, there's myths evolved until Pukawajis were responsible for the evil in the village and the hand of Satan on the tribe. People who spent time in the forest of New England will tell you Pukawajis are not symbols but a real horror that still sucks. Um so let's get to the this is in Freetown State Forest. Um they continue to see them and as the world develops around them, monsters remain unchanged and as dark as ever. Joan was walking her dog through the state forest in Freetown, Massachusetts on a cold Saturday morning in April when she saw the monster. As she and her dog, Sid walked down the path, Sid became anxious and strayed a few feet into the woods. Joan followed him and stopped short. Her dog was lying completely flat in the leaves and a rock 10 feet away on a rock 10 feet away was a puckawudgy. She described him as looking like a troll two feet high with pale gray skin and hair on his arms and on the top of the head. The monster seemed to have no clothes. But it was difficult to tell. His stomach hung over his waist, almost touching his knees. His eyes were deep green, and he had large lips and a long, almost canine nose. The pukkawadji stood watching her, staring straight at her with no expression, almost as it was stunned to see her. Joan froze and remembered, thinking the air in her lungs had been pushed out. Sid finally came to and ran back towards the trail, dragging Joan, who was still holding the leash tightly. Jesus. Um, Another man in Framingham, Massachusetts had an experience that forced him to remain away from the woods. Tim was in a forest where he saw a bright orb in front of him. Having investigated the paranormal, he was excited to try and snapped a photo with his digital camera. The ball of light disappeared and reappeared a few feet further into the woods. Tim followed, losing the spirit several times before he realized he had traveled more than 30 feet off the pack. Uh, path into a thickly wooded area he became scared and slowly made his way back to the path only to find two foot two foot man standing there walking towards him uh he turned and ran and started uh looking back saw the figure move back into the woods tim reported that he saw um or that tim reported that he saw what he had saw had walked upright and had Something in its arms to push something aside when he fled the forest. He had moved into a slight limp, but not like a human. Um, so that's about Tim, Tim and then another guy named Tom. So pretty much what they're saying is that there is a correlation with Hakawajis and... Um, being seen in the Hockamock Swamp slash Freetown State Forest area. I think that it's very interesting how obviously, you know, there are continuous, you know, stories with the Pukawadji, even to today where people are seeing them, you know, um, in this area. Did you have, uh, some things you wanted to talk about in the Bridgewater Triangle, mine? Yeah,
1: I wanted to bring up a couple of theories people have had because, you know, we are all believers in the paranormal, but there are some people who are saying, Hey, like maybe there's a couple legitimate reasons. And so supposedly one of the theories was all the sightings were, or strange happenings were due to, uh, the certain glacial soils and that there might be this natural magnetic mineral that could interfere with compasses GPS systems and even the human mind
2: oh yeah
1: and, which I'm kind of like meh about I don't know like can soil really be that
0: powerful oh. well I mean it
2: depending mm-hmm. on true. what type of magnetic properties it has obviously it can. True. Like, throw off,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, you know, your compass. Yes.
1: And then another one was that this per- person noticed that a lot of the UFO and Bayfoot sightings have been near high-tension power lines, and they're wondering if that's been affecting people's perceptions.
2: Well, there is, like, literally a giant power line that goes through. Um, yeah. Yeah like, Hockamock Swamp and, like, a major part of the Bridgewater Triangle. Because, obviously, it's all, like, um, you know, forests. So, Mm -hmm. they need to use that land for something. They can't just leave it alone.
1: No, 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 absolutely. And then, um, but the same person uh, said that they could, they definitely couldn't deny, like, there's something off about the swamp in that there's, like, whenever people go, there. There's a uh, There's a consensus that they feel like someone they're being watched by something or someone.
0: Well, I I'm gonna chime in on something about um about like the uh, area itself is how yes, it's also uh, hotbed for UFO sightings. Uh, some of these sightings dating back as far seven as the 1760s um, you know and then like uh, and then up until today you know yeah uh, 1908 there was a UFO sighting in Bridgewater, and that was documented in all the local papers to um, 1968 five people claimed also that they saw a strange ball of lightning floating among the trees. Um, near, uh, in, like, Rehoboth. Um, and then, uh, there was another sighting of two UFOs seen landing along Route 44 near Taunton in 1976. Uh, in 90, uh, 94, um, there was, a. A cop who reported seeing a triangular-shaped craft with red and white lights. Um, that was a claim there, and then um, another fast-moving UFO uh that was like uh, was supposedly seen out there, and uh, it, there was a strange, bizarre, loud noise. Yeah. Um, near Lake uh, Nip-a- uh, <laughs> Um Yeah, the, uh, back in like uh, the summer of 1999, people were claiming that they were seeing this crap, and there was a bunch of people that were calling it in, reporting it. Strange, like, you know, and the noise, of course. Um, I tried to, I'm trying to pull up uh, somebody something i don't know the i have something here that had like somebody talking about it well we can always put it in later (laughs) it's not voting for me so we'll get it yeah we'll put it we'll put it on the website and we'll put it on the facebook page yeah since but um, I mean, you're
2: you're sometimes. not wrong with the <laughs> UFO. Right I mean, even just in
0: the last ten years, oh. I did a
2: little bit of research, and um, there's been sixty six, which probably there's more, but these are just the reported ones. And let uh, sixty six UFO sightings in the last ten years, just in this you know area of the Bridgewater Triangle. So like you know it's 200 square miles it's not very big i mean obviously 200 square miles sounds big but when it's encompassing you know an area right it's probably um
0: everything else yeah
2: what's like uh, maybe like the whole like probably an area roughly maybe a little bit smaller than like the whole like You know, not just, like, Los Angeles, but if, like, you know what you mean? Like, that area. It's just, I mean, that's a pretty, for, you know, one small area. There's, on the website that I use, actually, hold on, let me bring it up. (sighs) Um, the website that I use, the National UFO Reporting Center... Um, dot org. Uh, they have a total of a hundred or a thousand seven hundred and thirty-seven total reported UFO sightings. So I divided the amount of years that have gone by from the first one that's logged in here, which um, was in 1953. Which I mean, obviously, that's the first like actual one that's documented. Um, in mm-hmm. here, like you said that there's, they definitely go back further than that, but this is like the one that like somebody was like, this is my story, take it down. Um, yeah. <laughs> so even if, um, you divide 67 years by the amount of B- UFO that roughly comes out to about 26 average in the last 27 years, and there's 66 in just this small area out of roughly, you're saying, um, like 200 and like a total um, in the last 10 years in all of Massachusetts, there's about 260. So out of those 260, 66 of them were in the Bridgewater Triangle area. Huh. Um, do you want to take a guess as to... Which area had the most UFO yeah. sightings I mean, in the last 10 years?
0: Uh, I, I kind of want to say maybe Rehoboth, but I'm not sure. You want to go with
2: Rehoboth? Mara, what do you think is the town that has the most UFO sightings in Massachusetts, or in the Bridgewater Triangle? Well, personally,
1: I'm going to have to say...
2: Taunton? Yeah, maybe? Well, the top one is actually Bridgewater. There's <gasps> oh, been really? 19 sightings in Bridgewater, 9 in Brockton, hmm. 5 in Middleborough, 1 in Berkeley, 2 in Abington, 3 in Rainham, 6 in Norton, 3 in Seekonk, 2 in Rehoboth, 1 in Easton, 4 in Lakeville, and 11 in Taunton. Hmm. Wow.
1: Do you realize there are that many?
2: Yeah, there actually is definitely a decent amount. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> oh, man.
2: the last one was actually in Bridgewater was in March of this year. So March 27th, uh, it was a flash. It lasted about 40 seconds was driving into Bridgewater by route 24, seen something flashing in the sky, but it was not visible. In between the flashes, I got it on video.
0: You got it on video? Well, that's what the the report oh.
2: says. Um, Jesus. Duh, 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 duh. I got it on video. It flashes so fast, it's very tough to pause it in time, but it can be done with some patience, and when you can see the outline of some type of craft, it looks like a translucent shell, but you be the judge. And then there are a lot of other smaller anomalies flying around the point in front of the car. Um, And then, you know, I don't know how accurate this is because it continues to say it bugs me out. (sighs) It moved super quick and was very small and white and black. Yikes. But, Um, still a very interesting, um, so we're going to listen to a quick clip, uh, that has to do with these two twin sisters. I don't remember if they're twins actually, or if they were just sisters that are being abducted from Bridgewater, Massachusetts.
3: Debbie to me behind the screen i heard some noises there was some light that went over us they were doing some kind of x-ray or something i don't know if people would be able to deal with remembering the whole entire procedure because it's traumatic they can you know okay. really stop they can control our body And soon the twins would know what the aliens intended to do with their bodies i could see a bunch of cylinders filled with liquid connected to machines with things suspended and i looked down and one appeared to be a gray human hybrid It looked half and half it was infant sized artificial gestation chambers. That's what it was. At some point, the alien gestation program turned into their worst nightmare. I was on a table in one of the rooms where they do the reproductive procedures. I actually woke up and the middle of whatever they were doing so I actually felt a scraping where my ovary would be. <laughs> Panicking, I'm in pain. I've never been more scared. That was the worst thing that's ever happened to me.
1: Whoa. I love like my Adobe Flash. <laughs> 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 we we
0: will be posting
2: the video.
3: <laughs> um, encounters that I've had. Yeah. Are you okay? And uh, she opened so. the door. She, are you all right? Excited. Like, yeah. Are you all right? You know that kind of just one incident. <laughs> that <was it. laughs> After that, <laughs> enough, <laughs> the twins knew they've been turned into <laughs> creatures for an alien race. <laughs> they have removed <bearded laughs> eggs from the Unexplained scarring, they can't figure out why. They're using my body to incubate the beginning stages of the hybrids.
0: (laughs) I was like, Rachel, Uh and then it's like, -hmm. (laughs) like, okay. Well,
2: you didn't miss much, I'm telling you.
0: Yeah, well. I also didn't hear all of it. I couldn't really hear
2: all I of mean, it. I mean, all you <laughs> needed you though you needed sure. to hear the only parts that you needed to hear, you know.
0: All I, I needed to hear was those screams. Yeah. That's really what was all uh, that was important.
2: They for, were very lustful. Uh, I know you're jealous. Oh, so
0: jealous. <laughs> so jealous, <laughs> you know. So like I'm over here thinking to myself, oh,
1: what could I, I mean? need
0: those screams. Exactly. Like I could be using. It's like why she screaming like that? It's like did she get that from? That must be some good coffee. Yeah, she must be getting the good stuff. Yeah, you know, that must be some good, good coffee. But you know, that must be some that must be some hell of weed, man.
2: It's probably the best weed, in all honesty.
0: Yeah, the best. I mean everybody knows
2: that aliens have that the best weed.
0: I was gonna say Bigfoot, you know. I mean, either or. Bigfoot's a father, man. He is. He's I like, feel like
1: he's in the top he's three.
0: He's definitely a father. Top three. But... All the way. <laughs> um, All right. Let's see. But we gonna be talking about uh, Mary Lou at Oda? What about Mary Lou? Mary Lou retina yeah I, uh, do, uh, is anybody familiar with her i am not nope she was she was uh she was killed uh they believe some say that it was a uh, ritualistic killing um I'm, I'm gonna just read you this story um on September 8th of 1978, about 4 p.m. Uh, that was the last time Mary Lou was seen riding her bicycle. Um, she was in The bike was found around 4.30 by the side of the road. And next to it was a tire track with an acceleration mark. The tire track shown in an abnormal wear wear pattern, also located close by, was... Bexin, uh, it was a Bexin and Hedges cigarette. A number of witnesses came forward reporting seeing a bright green cob with a black racing strip. Police obtained a driver's description at 5 p.m. The boy who found the bicycle returned to his parents, um, uh, to her parents, uh, <coughs> she, who had reported her missing. Um. An extensive search was conducted for three days. Um, nine police had de- uh, had developed photos of the tire tracks and on September 10th, police circulated a wanted poster containing the composites likely, uh, likeness of the driver's bright green car. Um, September 13th, police received information of James Cater and a photo. Mm-hmm. On the 19th, Cato, along with his attorney and wife, met with random Police. Police notified his appearance matched of that the Wanted poster. In addition, he smoked Benson and Hedge cigarettes.
2: Oh, he's fucked now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, this fucker. Right? And he drove a bright green 1976 circle with a black racing stripe.
2: Well, I don't know if you can get any more on the head than that.
0: Oh, just wait, because guess what? His right front tire had excessive wear.
2: Oh, kind of like they peeled out? Kind of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they peeled out. And, um... <clears throat> James Cater was from Brockton um, and he was a donut maker and was on probation for an incident in 1969. He had pled guilty to assault with intent to rape, assault, and battery with a dangerous weapon and kidnapping. All of the charges were from a 1968 kidnapping and attack of a, another young girl from Andover. Oh. <clears throat> yep. Well, on November eleventh of nineteen seventy-eight, the uh, the uh, Mary Lou's body was discovered, uh, decomposing, tied to a tree, in the Freetown Fall River State Forest.
2: Right. Which, if you guys don't know, the Freetown Fall River State Forest. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, is most commonly known as the Freetown State Forest and is publicly owned and covers about five thousand acres in the city of Fall River and the towns of Freetown, Lakeville, and Massachusetts. The forest lies yep. mostly in the center of town, um, of the town of Freetown, and about a third of the town dividing a sonnet Freetown and Fall River's most uh, most boundary. The forest land includes Profile Rock, which is the um, rock that is no longer, unfortunately, there. Mm-hmm. And also is a 227-acre Wampanoag
0: reservation. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, this poor girl, she was only 15 years old. And
2: yeah, she was a cheerleader. She was up and coming. Mm-hmm you know it's it's sad and she was only yeah. one of three bodies that um had been found in the three, Freetown State Forest and
0: yeah she was just one of them right uh they also um,
2: the Freetown State Forest had a lot to do with um like the mob and like you know mm-hmm. in the early uh 19 you know 1900s to 1930s um a lot of uh, not even mischievous but uh like a lot of shady shit went on in the woods uh just because it was such an isolated place i mean even to this day if you want to go to the freetown state forest you're going to need an off-road vehicle
0: because
2: You know, the the roads, you can't just go down there with any, you know, regular car, because the roads get... The
0: person that even, the person that even discovered her body, he was a dirt bike rider.
2: Right, exactly.
0: And, uh, yeah, so it's like, you know, that whole entire area, it's pretty, pretty heavy terrain. We can't be driving around in that one.
2: Right. Um, in the let's see, there was also in the nineteen eighties while investigating another local murderer, police had been approached by individuals who claimed to have wit witnessed satanic cult activity within the state forest. These reports would have bearing on the fourth uh cater trial, nineteen ninety six to two thousand, which ended with the uh conviction upheld. So, um pretty much saying that um the guy who took um the Mary Lou um may yeah. have been um involved with cult activity actually or yeah. apparent cult activity. Um. Yeah.
0: Well, with his so um, with like with the rest of her story, like you know because the, the medical examiner determined she was alive. When she was strung up into this tree, yeah, because she they said that she died by strangulation, and she was in a standing adish, uh position when she was tied to the tree. Um. But Ah uh, James Cater, who is the uh, the guy who they put responsible, as the owner, testified on his own behalf and acknowledged his guilt in nineteen Ah sixty eight of the incident. He stated he was rebuilding his life with um, uh, his release in prison in January of 1976. And then he denied any involvement. Oh, I at mean, all. yeah, of
2: course he did. Because his, his lawyers were like, you probably shouldn't have told the police
0: that you fucking killed somebody. Right? Right. <laughs> And then in 1979, he was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. The Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court overturned the verdict, and he was convicted again in 1986. Yeah, he... The verdict once again. Yeah, then it was uh, overturned again. Yeah,
2: he, he, well, he keeps he, trying to, like, literally get yeah. out of... Um like jail he's like every chance that he yeah he, can. Well, he
0: kept trying yeah he tried again in 1992 and then he got it, and then it ended in a mistrial and then he did it again in 1996 but then he was finally convicted then and he is currently serving his sentence in federal prison good because he
2: deserves to in, um, definitely in, pay
0: in california exactly yeah they have him in california though
2: the three more murders that took place um, related to the state forest was one in 1987, a transient drifter mistaken for a undercover police officer was murdered in the forest. And in 2001, two men were found shot to death on Bell Rock Road, which runs through the forest connecting Ashawnit and Fall River. Uh, two assaults uh, were reported of uh, Fall River man in 1991 and a teenager from New Bedford in 1998. Other incidents include hazardous waste dumping 1996 reports of aggressive abandoned dogs 2006 and reports of an escaped emu wandering the forest 2006 and May 2015 a woman slid 80 feet down a cliff while spray painting graffiti broke her ankle and had to be rescued um and in January 2016 an illegally dumped boat was discovered in May 2016 wire cables were found stretched across the recreational trails apparently intended to cause harm to off road motorbike riders I mean I think that's pretty fucking crazy that some like straight up hills <laughs> have <laughs> shit. Definitely Yeah uh,
0: Did you
2: like that yeah, it was very sexy. Sexy. Yes. Um, yeah. Sexy. And yeah. also to bring up, um, there is a abandoned, well, it's not abandoned, but there's an underground bunker in the Freetown State Forest. Um, and it's been there since, I think it was like literally like World War II or something like that. um, And... If you want to find out more about it, check out the Bridgewater Triangle documentary, which you should anyways, because it, they have a lot of really great information. Go
1: to pbskids.com.
2: And yeah. yeah, watch Zoom. Um, But also, in case you guys want to try and find it, it's the bunker is located near the Dartmouth side of the Freetown State Forest off Flag Swamp Road in Freetown. Um, and you can go there. And I'm pretty sure you, it's still around. Um, I'm not sure how great of a condition it's in. Um, but it's definitely something cool. We'll post a picture of it so you guys can check it out <laughs> on the Facebook. Um, that would be nice. Yeah. 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 And we're also... Uh, so... <clears throat> back to the um satanic rituals they uh found these mutilated remains of these cows and then there's also calves that they found and i found a news article from the occurrence um in october 1998 So, Mm -hmm. the remains of a mutilated cow were discovered this week in a remote area of Freetown Fall River State Forest. Police are investigating what appears to be the second ritualistic animal killing in the same location in recent months. The headless carcass of a full-grown cow was discovered Monday by a dirt biker. I wonder if it's the same dirt biker.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Said
2: Freetown State Police. In late April, a dozen calves were slaughtered in the same spot of the 6,000-acre forest. Uh, Lieutenant Alves, who investigated incidents related to satanic cults for more than 20 years, attributed both incidents to the ongoing devil-worship and rituals. Oh, my lord.
0: As he walked along yes.
2: a muddy r- Muddy, rutted path in the vicinity of the Fall River town line yesterday, the detective pointed out skeleton remnants of the young cast killed this spring. He believes they were sacrificed, decapitated, and dismembered in preparation for the week-long holiday known as the Grand Climax, which runs from April 26th to May in the satanic calendar. This week's discovery is probably part of the pre-Halloween ritual, according to Lieutenant Alves. May is the second highest holiday of the year, he said. Halloween is the highest. A short distance, I mean, for a cop, he off—he knows a lot about satanic rituals, if you're asking me. It sounds like right um, A short distance from a burned out campfire, detective found what was looking for... A fresh concus of an adult cow split in two and picked nearly clean to the bone. There's no head and there's only one hoof, he noted. Animals, maybe coyotes and foxes, probably picked the skeleton clean. When this was found Monday night, there was still a lot of meat on it. Judging by the lingering odor of decay and remnants of the coagulated br- blood along the animal's ribs, the officer estimated it had been dead maybe two, three weeks tops. As in the killing this past spring, spring, said Lieutenant Alves, the cow was drained of all its blood. Not even one drop on any leaf here or on the ground anywhere, he noted. The detective said that devil worshippers are known to drink the blood of sacrificial animals from a skull or a silver chalice during a black mask and other rituals believing it to be symbolic of Satan's Blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know those Satanists don't fuck around. No, no, they ain't fucking around. They ain't come to play. Um, they use the heart to host in a Catholic mass, he said, as their rituals always involve sex chanting and mind altering drugs. <laughs>
0: Sign me <laughs> up, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> Although there is a dairy
2: farm near the Dartmouth entrance to the forest and just a short distance from where the animal was mutilated, um, people have reported no stolen cows. The animal may have been purchased rather than stolen for the rituals, he said. He speculated the animal could have been trucked into the area and led to the site for its death. I mean, not for anything, but if they're paying for it, why can't they sacrifice it? I mean, they're exactly. going to kill it to make hamburger meat anyways. I mean, come on. I mean, obvi- like, obviously, you know, it's not, you know, whatever, um, what's that bullshit term? Um,
0: humane. But, you mm. know,
2: I mean, if they're paying I for mean, it. I mean,
0: on a side note, I, I don't know why this just popped into my head. But. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> What what if, you know, like, you know, because they were messing around with these psychedelics and all, what if they gave the cows some acid, right? And then
2: the cows ripped themselves apart because
0: they it wanted to stopped. transcend. But what if they milked to the cows afterwards and then they drank the milk? Like would they would the acid be in the milk? Would it be like acid like, like acid cow milk?
2: Well, that doesn't make sense because, um, as Lieutenant, as Lieutenant Alves said, um, you know, satanic worshipers only drink the blood, so why would they be drinking the milk with the acid in it? You know what I mean? Well, they
0: could be, they could be mixing it with the blood and making, like, the well, if, acid if they, if Cow milk. So sticks. they're
2: so literally what they're doing is using the stuff Bring that they the make.
0: out the to the yard. You yeah. Know? <laughs> what they're
2: doing is they're using the bloody pus milk that they make chocolate milk out of, so that they can't see that there's bloody pus stuff in
0: it. <laughs>
2: I hope everyone knows that's what chocolate milk is—the bloody pus milk. Right, yes. Yes. In case people didn't
0: know, chocolate milk is bloody. I smoke. Yep.
2: And then they put the chocolate sauce in so that they can sell it for yeah, more so expensive. you know that. We're just going to
0: sweeten it up. Like, All right. Well. So moving back to
2: Do- Lieutenant <laughs> Alves. He said, Lieutenant Alves said it's difficult to prosecute those responsible for animal killings of this nature. There were laws against animal cruelty in the case of arson. You pretty much have to catch them in the act. It's really yeah. a major crime, and we just have to be careful with freedom of religious issues, said we're between a rock and a hard place. Because, you know, the Satanists gotta celebrate their religions, too. True. <laughs>
0: right? hey, okay. okay. This is a part of my religious
2: freedom. Um, but he added, we're familiar with the people involved in the area's cults. So what he's saying is he's a part of the cult. That's um, what he
0: was saying. He was like, "Sorry, like I was a part of this, So this is why he, didn't
2: he yeah." He about continues it. to say, "Thank goodness we haven't seen any human sacrifices." He said, although we do get rumors of it, we haven't found any evidence of that since the murders in nineteen seventy nine. Like
0: this guy, seriously, seriously, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> But, but can you just, can you just repeat that whole statement again?
2: Like,
0: um, like, just like, you know, how he says, like, there's rumors of it.
2: Yeah, the, he says, although we do get rumors of it, we <laughs> haven't <laughs> found any evidence of it since the murders in 1979. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy thinks he's fucking funny, huh? <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs>
0: this guy, oh,
2: I'll tell you. Uh, um, in the year, is. three young women involved in Fall River prostitution and linked to an area cult were murdered as a part yep. of a ritual sacrifices.
0: Two of the I women were found. Talk about yep. These. Two of the women yep. were
2: found with their hands and legs slashed together, or lashed together, and their skulls crushed. The skull of the third victim was in um with its jaw removed was discovered in a wooded area of Westport but her body Ugh. was never found.
0: Nope.
2: Um you know what I just came up with a perfect way. I like literally am doing Lieutenant Alves's job for him here. Like <laughs>
0: seriously no, there's I said it again no, I got, where okay, where in Westport was she found? I kinda wanna check this out.
2: Um, it doesn't, I'm sure that we could, we could figure it out, but, um. Because Westport is, like,
0: it's a lot of land.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, and it's by the, it's by the ocean, too, so who knows? Maybe
0: it's another Lady of the Dune situation. Maybe that's why we have so many sharks.
2: Yeah, it could be you know all the blood in the water from the serial killers dumping their bodies. Yeah, the
0: satanic killings like they're like, all right, we're done with the scraps. We ate all we could. Right.
2: (laughs) You know, it just it gets so hard sometimes.
0: Yeah, you know, like you know, like you know, these Satanists out here trying to live the, the best lives, and this shit keeps coming up. You know, interference. I know.
2: It's a, it's a hard life, you know. I wish like, that there was more that we could do. But you know what? I think that we're going to steer away from the Freetown State forest unless there's anything else that you had to add to it.
0: No, no, no. That no. was, um... Me neither. Yeah, that, that was, that was, like, the, the thing I had. And yeah, my, you know, and then if, and if you guys have any,
2: any other information that you think we missed that we should have talked about, mm-hmm. you know send us a message let us know I please
0: mean, besides like you know just like I'd be like there's like the things about like why well I could there's some things that like you know what if what I would like to know is why do you guys think there's so much activity um in this particular area because you know there, that's something that I have to say like is right. like, is it a before before you get in,
2: before you get into that, we're gonna finish the rest of the stuff, and then we'll talk about why we think that this oh, okay. is that way. We have everything in perspective, and we can mm-hmm. say all of this phenomena we think is this, or we think most of this phenomena is this, or you know, blah blah blah. blah.
0: Yeah.
2: All right, so let's continue on to the. Ghost hitchhiker of Route forty four.
0: Oh yes, yes, I almost forgot him. Yes. Um.
2: <clears throat> so. This article is by Tim Weisberg. Um, redheaded hitchhiker of Route forty four is usually seen in the area between Seekonk and Rehoboth line, especially on Route forty four. So, pretty much, I guess, Vanessa, if you want to give us a quick rundown of what exactly the, red, the red-headed hitchhiker is known for.
0: He kind of appears like he goes in front of your vehicle, and people think that they run him over. Yeah. You know, they think that they hit him. He just appears out of nowhere, like, all of a sudden, boom, he's there. And you're like, oh my god, I just killed a guy. And then they get out and there's
2: nothing
0: there. Yeah. Like, people have even claimed, like, you know, that they're like, I literally drove over something and that I looked and there was nothing there.
2: They've, people have also uh, um, said that when they do pick up the hitchhiker, he won't talk at all. And then he'll be, um, you know, sitting in the car. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden. suddenly began to giggle and those giggles will soon turn into a maniacal uncontrollable laughter that pierces the ears of those in the vehicle
0: Hmm. yep and
2: people will tell him to stop but he won't stop and then all of a sudden he disappears so pretty much it's just like being drunk with your really, really, really Irish friend. And you can right. barely <laughs> understand anything he's saying. And he's just like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, basically, basically, that... Yeah yeah um that's what that i i wouldn't pick them up i'm just right. looking at
1: the recording it, it's like all fucking like it's blowing it shit.
0: you know i like <laughs> well, yeah I, I i don't think i would pick about but like you know i'd probably be one of those people with one of the stories for like i thought i ran this guy over like was there on the side of the road then he jumped out in front of my car and i'm like holy fuck. and i saw my car and there's nothing there right exactly
2: a lot of people want to know who this ghostly hitchhiker is, but nobody is really sure. Some people believe that he was involved um, on a horrible crash on that road, or was clipped by a car while he was hitchhiking alongside it. He could even be the ghost of someone that predates even that road at all. Something some people think a nineteenth-century farmer whose spirit could be never put to rest, you know? I have one brief little um, tidbit of an encounter. One witness said that he drove down the road. The face of the hitchhiker appeared in the side window of his car as it was floating alongside the vehicle as it sped down Route 44. Another claims not long after he vanished from the car, the music cut out on the radio and his crazed laugh began filling the car once again. This time taunting her by name. (laughs) So altogether, if you see a redheaded hitchhiker on Route 44, don't fucking pick him up.
0: No, just leave him alone.
2: You know. Your mother would be proud of you not picking up hitchhikers true i'm like my what? mother said, my, why did you pick up that person i'm
0: like
2: mom <laughs> um let's see all right finishing up let's talk about um really quickly just talk about um there's two pretty notable well actually there's three pretty notable bigfoot encounters I guess I would say, um, in the Bridgewater Triangle, um, mm. obviously the first one was these, um, two off co- uh, off-duty cops were just off shift, and they were in the Bridgewater Triangle, probably, like, jerking each other off or something, and, mm. uh, they all of a sudden felt, like, the car move, and then, they didn't see anything and one of the officers hit whoever was in the driver's scene hit the brake and it illuminated this hairy chest. Um, and they felt the back end of the car pick up. And, um, at the time it was a rear wheel drive vehicle, so they couldn't leave. And then all of a sudden the car dropped and then they took off. Um, But that's like the most notable one from the Hockamock, uh, swamp. There's one from, uh, July 2009, which is a night sighting, um, in the summer of, uh, July 14th in 2009. Um, it says between exit seven and... Uh, exit 8, which is New Bedford and Chase Road, so, so we know right where that is, mm-hmm. actually. Um, it says, I um, and my girlfriend were riding in my Jeep on Route 140 from New Bedford to Freetown. Tonight, July 14, 2009, about 11, my girlfriend seen this large brown hair-covered man standing up from a crouched position on the side of the two-lane highway. She let out a scream, prompting me to look at the creature standing there. He made fluid movements like a man and had an ape, almost ape-like quality. We couldn't see his face, but upon returning to the area, we saw the man there, um, we to the area where we saw the man and there was nothing after calling 9 and telling them someone was running in the median of the highway. They told us they had similar reports of what they saw on that stretch of highway between seven and eight. Um, they had told me that they were sending state troopers to investigate.
0: Interesting. Yes, very interesting. Very interesting.
2: Um, and then another one, which has pictures was um, reported earlier that year in January and um, there's footprints in the snow that were found uh, walking through several properties into the woods seen by myself, a federal agent, and their cousin slash homeowner, several other family members. Tracks were through a neighborhood and um, from trash can to trash can. So obviously in January in 2009 um if it was going to be a bear a bears in hibernation yes, so absolutely. um and we'll post these photos on the website and I'm going to send you them right now send you at least the link so you can check it out um but it's definitely very interesting. The photo itself is pretty large. Um, I mean like the of the footprint, but it also could very easily um be um, you know, fake, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh god. What? It printed or pasted something else. Oh god, oh I'm going to send you this don't look at it it's really long and i apologize
0: oh god just scroll to the bottom
2: if you can
0: it was too much oh jesus i just got it i can't see these pictures damn <laughs> <laughs> all right well you, i guess hey, we'll you just... choke it off that blood smoke Go. She I, I, am, I am choking on
2: the blood spoke. all right <laughs> we'll move on okay. so let's go back to your question as to why we think this area is um known for this phenomenon is it because of the soil like mara said that could be a possibility is it because of King Philip's War and that taking place on this land because Is that it,
0: was crazy. That shit was really yeah. crazy. Like yeah. you know, like like over three. They have like over three thousand like uh, deaths of like Wampanoag tribe members, right? During that, well, yeah, because like, it, it, it pretty much that, wa- that wiped out. Yeah,
2: the mm-hmm. um, was it the Agunquins? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and that's that because... they say that, you know, that the area was cursed by Native American spirits. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because it was taken from the Wampanoag people. Yeah. Right. You know, and that, um, you know, because, like, this whole entire area just emanates negative and destructive energy because of this, like, brutal conflict. Like, right it.
2: well i mean it goes back to two um was it uh king philip and his wampum belt which it hasn't been like there's no so like pretty much the wampum belt is pretty much like a um it's not necessarily like not factual but there's no like it's like kind of just like a story you know yeah. what i mean like chief like he had this wampum belt and apparently it went like it it was a thing and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it like disappeared so like it's in somebody's attic somewhere of their you know great distant relative that has it and they're gonna clean it um but that's the reason why apparently like to legend that you know that area is cursed because they took his belt and the peace won't be restored to that area until the belt is brought back. Yeah. But now they don't know where the belt is cause they done fucked up.
0: But that was seriously one of the, uh, it was the bloodiest war per capita in American history.
2: Yeah, no. Cause like so many people, besides obviously, um, you know, later in history, the, um, you know, indigenous people being wiped out there and throughout the years, but, um, at that
0: time, like, you know, that, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's, you know, it's very sad and obviously still to this day, we're still dealing with things, um, to that nature where, um, you know, people are losing their heritage, losing their land, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you know we hope that we can you know continue to keep you a little bit distracted from everything going on in the world because it's okay it's yeah. okay to you know want to you know distract yourself so you don't have to worry about all the terrible things that's happening in the world because you know obviously it's besides the little take a break. right
0: mm-hmm. you know take a break but when it's time to get back to business you get
2: down to it right exactly and you know we're gonna definitely do a better job of uh you know staying on a schedule to be able to bring you guys podcasts we're probably not going to be putting them out as quickly as we were before so right now we're thinking one every two weeks um that way we're making sure the quality is staying, um, like good quality in that way too. Yeah. That we want to make you sure know, you
0: guys get the best of the best.
2: Right. The best. Right, and that we want to make sure that our research is, uh, you know, holding up, especially with. You
0: know, we want to make sure it's a hundred percent of a hundred percent. Right, because you know
2: what, you came here for the truth, and that's what we want to give you. Yes.
0: We're gonna keep it weird, but we're gonna give you the real weird right
2: Mm. exactly um and i just want to say that um you know if you have any suggestions of other topics you want to hear uh feel free to message us on the facebook three girls one cape uh or you can email us at three the number and then girls won the number cape at gmail.com. Um,
0: it's or your feel Star to,
2: yeah, feel know free to reach Facebook. out to us. Yeah, feel free to reach out to us, you know, any way that you want to, through whether it's through the website, through the Facebook, or
0: Instagram. Yeah,
2: Instagram. We
0: are the Graham, uh, baby. We are the Graham. If you want to follow us, us, you can, us can most definitely
2: Spotify. find us at Three Girls One Cape on pretty much anything. Um, you know, yeah. give us a like, give us a share.
0: Yeah, uh, us You on know, Spotify.
2: So, yeah, give us share. Share your ideas. Share your wonderful ideas that just are buried in that beautiful brain of that yours. That God-given right?
1: brain of yours.
2: Ooh. Or I can't always be a god. It could be the the devil gave you that yes, brain. Or yes. yes, or the goddess, Or the goddesses. Yes, that is correct.
1: Because that's the gospel truth.
2: That's the gospel truth. Well, on that note, I'm Rachel Clovis, and it's been real. And I hope that you could handle the truth, guys.
0: Yeah. We love you. The letter V here. Send it all the love. And remember...
2: Black Lives Matter. Yes. Black Lives Matter. Black
1: Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Yes. Stay weird. Stay classy, San
2: Diego. <laughs> I'm going to get slapped with the trademark thing because surprise. of that, Mar. Good job. Stay
1: classy.